This is wild. We need to get some major Pinterest strategy going on for our podcast, guys. A hundred percent. And this episode, she just said so many eye-opening things. Like, you know, she was talking about your website and how you're not active on your website for six months. Google isn't going to know that you're still in business. So obviously you're going to fall behind and not be the first thing that pops up when people search you. So I just feel like there's so many things that go on the back end of SEO and yeah. Which just makes so much sense, right? You don't even think about it. Well, I put up my website. It's good. People can see it. And then you don't even think about it. Well, if you don't actually continue to add things to it, which I think is why so many companies have added blogs, then it's not going to continue to rank well in Google because they're going to think that you're gone. Definitely. Julia gives so many good tips about things that you would absolutely never know. And I think the SEO and Pinterest in general just seem like a very abstract thought and an abstract concept. And she kind of breaks it down in this interview on how you can actually implement these two items to drive traffic to your website and in turn, drive your revenue up. Yeah. And if you'd like more after the episode, you can always join us for the boot camp. We have the first ever Flourish Business Boot Camp, and we just had our first session yesterday. It was so, so good. There were so many amazing takeaways that people had. We were talking about business and leadership. We had everyone who's going home with the 60 Days to Launch Your Business Guide, which is fire. It's close to 100 pages of everything you need to know from developing a business plan to all of the legal aspects and branding and your launch party, like everything to launch a business wrapped up in a bow for you so you don't have to search everywhere. And we're so excited to be diving into session two. We're going to have Marva and Julia talking about sales, SEO, and Pinterest strategy to do a two-hour deep dive into that. And Casey, we have another take-home that's really awesome for that session as well, right? Yes. We're going to have a sales strategy take-home for session two that will have a ton of great info. Um, So all the take-homes and all the sessions are amazing. Yeah. And then session three, we're doing financial planning and accounting with Candice. And I'm so excited to dive into that because we talk a lot about financial pro forma and mapping your business across best case, worst case, and normal case scenario. So that's where we're really going to dive into the financials. And as you guys know, we are very transparent about how much it costs to run Flourish and our startup costs and everything like that. I think it's really important for us to have these open, honest conversations about money as entrepreneurs. Not enough people do it. So that'll be a nice two-hour dive into financial planning on May 27th. These are all 6 to 8 p.m. Wednesday nights, Eastern Standard Time. And then we're going to have session four, which is a bonus for everyone who bundled and got all of the business bootcamp sessions. And this is going to be a two-hour legal Q&A, answer all of your questions that you have from a legal perspective. You know, I'm a corporate attorney and have Dean Street Law. So 
we'll be answering all the questions you have and that if you end up bundling and saving. But even if you missed them, if you missed the first one, if you missed the second one, or none of it works with your schedule, you can sign up for it and you will receive all of the videos and all of the resources so that you can do it on your own time. And even if you find this months and years later, you can go to our website, flourishcoworking.com, and you'll have on our shop, the business bootcamp, and you can purchase that on our shop and you will get access to all of the sessions, all of the video recordings and all of the materials. So it's never too late to jump in and join us for the business bootcamp. And I'm so excited for our conversation with Julia. You'll get a little sneak peek of what it's going to be like. So with that said, let's get into the episode. Welcome, everyone, to the Flourish We Grow Together podcast. This is Laura DeFrancesco, founder and CEO of Flourish Coworking Space, a lush, sustainable, and inspiring space to co-work and host events in Westchester, PA. Most importantly, a community, a community of people who want to grow together. And so we brought Flourish virtually to all of you through the We Grow Together podcast, and I'm here with my two co-hosts, Lindsay and Casey. Hi, everyone. It's Lindsay, the co-founder of Flourish. And I am Casey, the community manager of Flourish. And today we are so excited to be speaking with Julia Bucchese, and we're going to be diving deep into SEO and Pinterest because she is an SEO and Pinterest strategist and consultant, but I'm going to hand it over to you, Julia, to introduce yourself to everybody so we can hear it from you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, so yeah, I do SEO and Pinterest for small creative businesses. I've been doing about three years. My business is Julia Renee Consulting. And I love being able to like get on podcasts and stuff because I love doing training for SEO and Pinterest because I think a lot of people get really scared (laughs) when they hear SEO because it can be really intimidating. But I promise it's a lot easier than you might think it is. I love that. And I'm curious, how did you get started in doing this particular work? Yeah, so I'm completely self-taught. So when I moved up to Philly fresh out of college a couple years ago, I just took the first job I could get and it was like a corporate marketing job and it was pretty boring. So um, in my spare time, I was running and I actually still run a travel photography blog. So I actually learned SEO and Pinterest completely from running my own blog. And then about three years ago, I was ready to quit my job. I had a kind of toxic manager um, and I was just ready to get away from it. So um, when I was looking for jobs in the Philadelphia area, I actually wasn't finding anything that I was interested in. So I started freelancing. Um, I did a lot of social media marketing to start off with, and then I was writing content for small businesses. And I was just optimizing everything for SEO because that's what I learned to do for my own things. And then I realized that no one knew what that was. <laughs> so then that's when I transitioned into focusing completely on SEO. And then I dropped all the other social media channels and just started doing Pinterest because Pinterest is actually a search engine. And I also was getting just going crazy trying to keep up with all the like Instagram and Facebook algorithm changes. Um, so I have not done Facebook and Instagram like marketing for clients in a couple of years now. And I, I don't miss it. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. And 
For the audience, can you just explain a little bit about what SEO is? Because even for me, it was kind of a new word until um, I was introduced to you. Yeah, so SEO stands for search engine optimization. Um, So when everyone says search engine, they really just mean Google. (laughs) No one really uses Bing or Yahoo much anymore, and Google kind of sets the rules. So basically what it is, is when you are optimizing your website, you are making it easy for Google to understand what your website is about and what you should be ranking for. So that when way when someone types keywords into Google, when they're searching for something related to your business or your services, Google will know to rank your website and put it in front of those people who are searching for what you have to offer. That's so cool. And I also think... I love that you said that Pinterest is a search engine because I think a lot of times people would assume that it's almost a social platform, but I think that there's a huge opportunity for people to really dive into Pinterest because, you know, you can search on Google and Pinterest posts will pop up. That really doesn't happen so much for Instagram. So I'm curious when clients work with you, what are your, what kind of, are you taking them through? Yeah. So, um, when I, for SEO specifically, I always start with an audit of people's websites for a few reasons, because there are a lot of technical things that go into SEO that a lot of people aren't aware of. So um, I work with a lot of clients who have a lot of site speed issues, um, because Google is really focused on the user experience. So if you have to sit there and wait 10 seconds for a single page to load, that's not a great user experience. So like working on things like site speed and getting rid of like excess code and stuff like that, that can really help your rankings in Google, which a lot of people don't realize. Um, So I can't really tell all the issues on the front end of a website. So I have to really dive into the back end of a website to kind of get an idea of what's going on and what needs to be optimized. Um, And then I always send my clients like a really detailed report with like lots of screenshots and stuff like that. So that way they know what's going on because I really think, you know, you should, I mean, you should definitely know what you're paying for because there are a lot of like scammers out there who really intimidate people with SEO strategies and like, you know, charge tens of thousands of dollars and people have no idea what they're even paying for. So I think education is a really big component with SEO And also, so that way, once I'm done with my project, people know how to maintain their website and, you know, make sure they're not uploading massive images that are going to slow down their site. And they know what types of content to be creating so that they can continue to rank well in Google. I'm actually curious, what are some technical areas that would slow up a site? So, I mean, the most common one is pictures. (laughs) People like will get these beautiful, you know, branded photography and their photographer sends them massive files because, I mean, if you want to get them printed or something like that, it's really helpful to have like a big file so you get like the best print. But you do not need those massive files when you're uploading them to your website. Um, So a lot of times people are going to upload these really, really big files and it takes forever to load. So I work with like sizing down and compressing pictures. Um, I also help websites, it's called lazy load, where it like only loads the page as you're scrolling through it. So you don't have to, like if I work a lot with photographers, so that way um, when someone wants to look like at a blog post or their portfolio, they don't have to wait for every single image on the entire page to load. Um, They can, as they're scrolling through, the images will load for them. So that can really help with site speed. I've worked with some websites that are have actually been around for like a really long time, but their templates are really out of date. So there's like a lot of excess code and all these random elements that are actually slowing things down and they're just really clunky. 
Um, so trying to clean up like old sites and help with like reducing the size of big files can really help. For businesses, because I feel like I only use Pinterest in the sense where I'm going on, finding inspiration, pinning it to my certain boards. But if someone wants to start utilizing this for their business, where would you advise them to start? So a lot of people think that Pinterest isn't great for businesses, but it's it can actually be like a huge source of traffic and even like can get clients from Pinterest. I've had wedding photographers that I've worked with get clients from Pinterest, but to kind of like make sure that it's right for you, you there are a few ways that you can check this. First, check to see if your competition is on Pinterest because if like no one in your industry is on Pinterest, that might be an indication that, you know, maybe your business isn't going to do well for it. And then another thing that you can do is you can actually see if people are already pinning content from your website. Um, So you can do that by going to, I'll say this slow in case anyone needs to write it down, but it's pinterest.com slash source and then slash your website URL. Um, So like for me, it would be pinterest.com slash source slash julianeeconsulting.com. And you can actually see if people are already saving content from your website onto Pinterest. So they're already like doing the work for you. Um, But that can be a really good indication that people are, you know, both interested in saving your content to Pinterest. And then also if they're interested in reading more about what you have to say on there. And I absolutely love that I'm honestly taking notes this whole time because this is so helpful and something that we haven't really dived into in our business. So let's say you have a boring company like a law firm. How do you recommend that you approach a Pinterest strategy for a more boring company? Because photography is absolutely beautiful and I feel like it meshes really well with Pinterest, but what are your thoughts on more boring companies? (laughs) I mean, a lot of people think SEO is boring, but it does really well on Pinterest. So like, don't be worried that if you think that you don't have like a company that is like has pretty pictures or something like that, it's not going to do well. I will say that it will depend on who your client is. Um, So I know a lot of uh, lawyers who work with entrepreneurs and create, you know, like templates and things like that for entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs are definitely on Pinterest. So their content can do really well on Pinterest. But if you are serving, you know, I don't know too much about the legal world, but like more corporate clients, or, um, you know, people who aren't searching specifically for content that might help them, but they're, you know, just searching for a lawyer who can help them with, you know, some legal question that they have, you might not do as well on Pinterest. Um, So you kind of have to make sure that the people that you want to be working with are there to begin with. And then again, if you're not sure, you can just kind of search around on Pinterest, um, see if people who do, you know, law in your industry or whatever are on there and pinning things. Um, And if not, you can always test things out too. But if you don't want to like waste your time and you definitely want to make sure you're going to get a return on investment, you know, maybe hold off and like, you know, or you can also just create content specifically for Pinterest if you think that it will do well. So you can kind of play around with it, but yeah, not every single business is well-suited for Pinterest, but you kind of have to like do your research and check. That makes so much sense. And have you ever done promoted posts on Pinterest? Yeah, I don't really do it for my clients. Um, I focus more on organic strategies, but I've definitely done it for myself. Uh, One of my favorite things about doing promoted pins, which are, I mean, they're just ads on Pinterest, 
but they kind of, they fit in seamlessly with like what people are searching for on Pinterest. So it's not like, you know, when you are scrolling through Facebook, you are going to see tons and tons of like all these different ads. I see like weird ads all the time that are completely unrelated to things that I've searched for. But um, Pinterest ads are kind of, they fit in more seamlessly and go along with what people are searching for on there. And then also if you do a promoted pin, people can actually save that pin to their own boards. So even when your ad ends and you know, you're not putting any money behind it anymore, if someone has saved your pin, then your ad can like live on for, you know, months or even years. I was talking with someone who she created a freebie for her business, I think two years ago. And she said that she like promoted it for like a month um, with Pinterest and then hasn't done anything really with Pinterest since. But she's still getting lots and lots of signups to her freebie directly from Pinterest because someone saved her her promoted pin. That's fascinating. It's so interesting because I think people talk so much about ads on Facebook and Instagram, and you don't really hear anybody talking about ads on Pinterest. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's probably an untapped resource. And I always like to think when I'm putting money towards something, although I am all for organic organic growth and I'm excited to dive more into that. But when you're thinking of paid posts, think of where there's an arbitrage. So an arbitrage is where you are paying less than something is worth. And so when you have something that someone's not talking about, such as Pinterest ads, that could be an opportunity where the cost is not actually a reflection of the value that you get back out of it. So if you think of Facebook ads originally when they started, they might have been more of an arbitrage because they were underpriced. But then as people started to use them more, the cost and effectiveness went down. And similar with Instagram in the beginning, it was you know a great opportunity for ads. And now we see so many ads that people are becoming more numb to them. So that's fascinating. It's I always like to learn about where the best areas of my business are to spend my money. So that's really, really helpful. And when you talk about organic growth, then what are a few strategies that a small business can do in their Pinterest strategy to make it a really enticing pin to repin and create that organic growth? Yeah, so um, the most basic strategy with Pinterest is that you need to be active every single day pinning something. There is actually like no magic number of pins that you need to pin. It completely varies depending on you know how much content someone has, what their industry is, um, things like that. But you do need to pin at, at least one thing every day. If that sounds really intimidating, don't worry. There is a scheduler called Tailwind, and that will completely take care of all the scheduling for you. So that way you don't need to like manually be on Pinterest every single day. And then you need to be creating vertical pin graphics um, for your blog posts or podcast episodes or, you know, whatever kind of content that you have. And it, it can be really simple. It can just be like a simple stock photo with some text overlay on top of it. Just as long as it's like, you know, really clear and easy to read, that is going to help you a lot more than like trying to create a really pretty pin that has like five different colors and three different fonts. And that just becomes like way too busy for people to read, especially if they're on their phones um, and you're, you use like a small script font that is going to be really hard for them to read. So just creating something that's very simple and easy to read to start off with. And then you can kind of like get more creative as you get more comfortable with it. 
But those two strategies alone are going to serve you really well. And also doing keyword research to, you know, make sure you're targeting the right keywords and that you are targeting keywords that people are actually searching for. Um, Because I've seen a mix of, you know, people targeting keywords that are just way too broad and it's not really attracting their ideal clients. Or people get like way too niche down and they're trying to target keywords that no one is actually even searching for. So you want to kind of try and find that happy medium where a keyword isn't too broad and way too competitive, but it's also something that people in your ideal audience are going to be searching for to find your content. And how would someone go about finding good keywords? Yeah, Pinterest, there is no easy way to do it. They, um, so Google, there are tons and tons of keyword research tools for Google that can give you really great information, but there isn't something like that for Pinterest yet. They do have something that just came out a couple of months ago called Pinterest Trends, which is kind of like a keyword research tool, but it's only available, I think, in the U.S. and Canada so far. And it has very, very limited data. Like I, they won't give me any information on even really basic things like um, Pinterest tips as a keyword. Like they have no data on how many people are searching for Pinterest tips on Pinterest, which is kind of crazy. So hopefully they will get better. Um, So right now there isn't a perfect solution. You can um, do really basic keyword research just in Pinterest itself. So when you start typing things into the Pinterest search bar, it's going to auto-populate some suggestions based on what other people have searched for. So that can give you an idea of what other people are interested in. And then, you know, you can click through the keywords and see if there's like tons and tons of competition from really big websites, then you probably don't want to be targeting those keywords and you probably want to try some to find something that's a little more niche down. But yeah, there's nothing great for like showing you what the monthly search volume is or like, you know, what websites are the, you know, the most competitive for those keywords yet. But hopefully that will change. I'm curious, um, how can you begin to drive conversion through your Pinterest for a business? Yeah, I get asked this a lot because a lot of people, I mean, Pinterest is amazing for traffic, but you really want to have those sales. So Pinterest will bring people to your website, but past that, it's really on you. So a lot of people come with questions like, you know, they've written this great blog post that really helps people um, and they get a lot of traffic from Pinterest on it but then they don't really have like a call to action or they don't really talk about, you know, someone who's interested in learning more, how they can work with this person. So you really need to like direct people after they're on their website to, you know, what you want them to do. Um, So you need to tell them whether, you know, you think it would be beneficial for them to sign up for your freebie. That's a great way to start converting people or to schedule a call with you. Or, I mean, there are lots and lots of different calls to action that you can have. Um, If you sell products, you can direct them to uh, a product that you think is related to the blog post. So you really have to like focus on your website to drive those conversions because, I mean, Pinterest will bring people to your site, but then after that, it's really on you to convert them. So for someone, I work a lot with like wedding photographers. So one way that uh, a wedding photographer that has booked some clients on Pinterest has done this is that she's created blog posts. I mean, a lot of wedding photographers will create blog posts that highlight a wedding that they've shot recently, but she's gone beyond that and she'll create blog posts specifically for like Pinterest and I mean, also helping people who are searching for these questions, but like related to, you know, how to plan a summer wedding in Philadelphia or highlighting, you know, 10 different like outdoor wedding venues in Philadelphia or, you know, things like that. 
So that way, when um, someone is searching on Pinterest, who is obviously planning a wedding in this area, and they come across her posts, because there really aren't that many people who are doing posts like this, it's a way for her to show off her work so they can see, you know, what it looks like when she has taken pictures in these particular venues. And then she's obviously very helpful and very knowledgeable about the wedding industry in this city. So they're going to be much more likely to hire her because, you know, she's really shown off her work and her expertise and she's gone, you know, above and beyond what most like people in the wedding industry do of just like showcasing weddings that they've shot. So kind of think about how you can really serve people and then also, you know, how you can direct them to work with you. I think that that's an awesome strategy too, just in general, is that the content that you're creating should be content that your future customer will be looking for. Mm -hmm. And it goes the same for Google as well. (laughs) Let's dive more into Google. We talked a lot about Pinterest, which I think is fantastic, but let's talk more about Google and what can help you rank well in organic searches for Google. We talked a little about about site speed. Are there some other factors that entrepreneurs and business owners can be cognizant of? Yeah. So, I mean, there are tons and tons of different things that um, Google considers when they're ranking websites. So site speed is a big one. Uh, User experience overall. So like if your site is not easy to navigate um, and people just aren't sticking around on your site for long um, and they, you know, are trying to find something, but they can't find it. So they leave immediately. That's going to show Google that people aren't interested in your website. So you really want to set up your website to help people. Um, I worked with a lot of people who they try to like name their different pages, cute things. So like, instead of, you know, just blog, it'll be like my journal or like thoughts that doesn't tell anyone what is that what that page is about. So when they're searching specifically for your blog, but they only see pages that are named like these random things, um, that's not going to help them. So they are not going to they're likely not going to click through and stay on your site long enough. Or I've worked I work with again a lot of people in the wedding industry, but you know when people are looking to hire you know someone for their wedding, they're really going to look for price. Even if they like someone's work, they want to make sure that they can afford to work with them before they, you know, reach out and stuff. So I was working with a wedding videographer who had named his pricing page like info. And it's like, no, people are searching specifically for pricing once they get onto your website. So you really need to make things really clear and easy for everyone. And after you've kind of like enhanced your website and made it, you know, easy for everyone to understand, you know, what your work is about and make it clear to Google what you do. Um, Another strategy is creating content. Um, So this can be blog posts, or if you have like a YouTube channel, you can create, you know, different blog posts based off of your YouTube videos or podcasts. Podcasts are a great way to like repurpose what you've said into blog post format. Because if you are consistently publishing content, you're showing Google that your business is active and that, you know, because if you don't touch anything on your website for like six months, Google doesn't know if you're still in business, if you know, you're still active on there or anything like that. So your rankings could really start to drop. And then also when you're publishing new content, this is allowing you to target more keywords. So that way you can bring people to your website in all these different ways. So even if they're not specifically searching for wedding photographer, but they are searching for like, you know, again, back to the like 10 outdoor wedding venues around Philadelphia, that's a great way to introduce someone to your work who, you know, is likely interested in hiring a wedding photographer, but maybe not 
they that wasn't top of their mind when they're doing this search. So just think of all the different keywords that you can target to be, you know, helping people, answering people's questions, and then also really showing off your expertise um, because you'll show to Google that you are an authority on, you know, whatever your industry is. And then you're also going to show potential clients that you know what you're talking about. So they're going to be more likely to hire you if you can give them examples on, you know, how you're able to help them um, and show that you really know what you're talking about. I think that that's awesome and such good advice with everything. I think that there's so much that goes into Google that we really just don't even think of. Do you do work with Google Analytics and how does that apply to the people that you work with? Is that something that people can do on their own? Yeah, I love Google Analytics. <laughs> um, there, so have you? are you guys familiar at all with Google Search Console as well? No. <laughs> Most people are, don't worry, or aren't, don't worry. So Google Analytics, this is if people who are listening aren't familiar with Google Analytics, it's going to give you all kinds of information about your website. It's going to give you the demographics on who is visiting your website, where they're located, their gender, age range, how they're getting to your website, whether it's like through Facebook or through Google, um, how long they're staying on your website. Um, Yeah, so Google Analytics just gives you tons and tons of really valuable information and then Google Search Console, and it is free and easy for anyone to set up, so don't get intimidated. Then Google Search Console is similar to Google Analytics, but it's only going to give you information related to people who are coming to your site from Google. So it's going to give you the traffic information on how many people are finding you through Google. It's also going to show you the exact keywords that are bringing people to your site from Google, which I think is like one of the most valuable things. And it's free. Um, So this is really important if you're trying to, you know, grow your organic traffic, if you're trying to rank better you'll see exactly what keywords people are typing in to find your website and click through to your website. It's also going to show you the keywords that, you know, Google is showing people your site, but they're not clicking through. So that could be an indication that maybe like the title of your blog post or the information in your meta description isn't clear or just like isn't captivating. So um, that can be an indication that there's some disconnect between like, you know, what people are searching for and, you know, what is showing up with your website. So yeah, people, it's really easy for people to set it up on your own. You don't need to hire an expert. I do help with that if you do need it. But again, they're, they're really easy to use. Um, they're free to set up. Um, I would recommend getting both of them set up like today if you don't have them because they're not going to track any back data. So even if you set it up today and you don't touch it for six months, it's going to be collecting data this entire time. But if you wait six months to set it up, you're going to lose six months of data, basically. Um, so if you guys don't have it set up already, go ahead and get that set up today. Even if like you don't want to dive into it right now, you do want to be collecting all this really important data. That's fantastic help. And so that's all on the Google console? Yeah. So if you're trying to find it, literally just Google Google search console, um, it'll bring you to the page. And if you're already like logged into your Gmail account and stuff like that, then you can just set up your account that way. Fascinating. So what does, let's say someone do if they have an hour to spend on SEO and Pinterest a week, how would you advise them to jump in and get started? Of course, setting up that Google analytics page. Yeah. So for Pinterest, um, it's really easy to 
spend a short amount of time if you're using uh, the scheduler that I mentioned, Tailwind. So you can just go in and probably don't even need an hour uh, once you get like your boards and your profile and everything set up on Pinterest. Just spend like half an hour a week or even just an hour a month scheduling out pins for a week or you can schedule up to six months at a time. And then creating some graphics for your blog post. If you have a lot of blog posts that you've you know written the past couple of years, but you haven't been active on Pinterest, you can go back and create graphics for those and get them scheduled out. Um, for Google, I definitely would recommend fixing any technical errors to start with. If you have site speed issues or if you have broken links, definitely get those fixed first. And then beyond that, making sure that your um, site is set up for a great user experience. And then like from week to week, if you have time, you can go back to like older blog posts that you have and get them optimized, set up like title tags and meta descriptions for blog posts that you're going to write. You can do keyword research for them and make sure that you are targeting keywords that aren't too competitive and that like people in your ideal audience are searching for. So yeah, it, you probably don't even need an hour and a week for both of them. Once you kind of get things going, you definitely want to make sure like you fix any issues first. And then after that, it's kind of just um, when you have time, you can go through and update things. Thank you. That's super helpful. And I'm shocked to hear that you don't even need an hour for both a week because it seems, I think for somebody on the outside, that this can be a more intimidating aspect of their business that they don't even start because they think it's going to take so many hours. Yeah. I mean, I've worked with websites that have a lot of issues. So if you do have like a lot of broken links, it's probably going to take an hour, but once you get things fixed, like, you know, ongoing, it really doesn't take that much time to like go through and optimize old blog posts or do some keyword research for new blog posts. Awesome. So what is it like to work with you? Do you have different packages or what are your services like? Yeah, so I offer custom packages for optimization just because, you know, every website is completely different. Some people have tons and tons of blog posts because they've had their website for 10 years. Some people, it's a brand new website, so they just have a couple of pages. So I do start with an audit, like I mentioned before. Um, so those are $4.99. And then after that, the optimization, you know, varies depending on, you know, who the client is. Um, for And you can also just do an audit on your own. Like if you want some like feedback on your site, but you want to take care of the optimization yourself, then you can just get the audit and, you know, you don't have to worry about hiring me for the optimization as well. I do offer that option. Then for Pinterest, um, I offer audits and like some strategy information for like $1.99 and then Pinterest management where I just completely run your Pinterest account. You don't have to worry about creating pins or scheduling or anything at all. So that is 400 a month. That's super helpful information. And I actually was just listening to one of the bloggers that I follow. And she was like, I outsource everything Pinterest because <laughs> it's it's like an easier item of your business to outsource where you know that it'll generate revenue. But something that's like a whole nother world that you can kind of just like take off your plate. So I think that that's a really awesome offering that you have. I'm curious what it what it has looked like for you now that you are in the consulting world versus when you were working at your marketing firm. Like what, like how has your life changed now that you're your own that you run your own business? 
Yeah. Um, I mean, one thing that I love to do is travel because I, I have an entire website dedicated to it. So it's been great that I can like have a completely flexible schedule for that. I'm not restricted to like only having, you know, 10 days of vacation time in a year because I can work from like anywhere in the world. So I have family members that are like, you know, scattered across the country. So I think it was last summer I spent three weeks um, in Florida with my family because I had a lot of siblings graduate from high school and college and stuff. So it was nice that I didn't have to like fly back and forth for a few weekends in a row. I could just like hang out there for a few weeks. And then let's see, almost, I guess it was about a year and a half ago. um, I also spent a month in Denmark taking a class and I was able to work the whole time I was there. And it's also been helpful because my husband is a resident. So he has a really crazy schedule that changes like basically every week. Like right now he's on night shift for two weeks. (laughs) So, um, and he doesn't have like, you know, a lot of weekends off and things like that. So it's really nice that I can have a flexible schedule. So if he has like a Thursday off, I can take time off to spend with him. And then like, if I need to, I can catch up on work on the weekends. And then I actually almost the entire time I've had my business, I've been in graduate school. So I wouldn't say that's like very fun, but it is nice to have like the flexible schedule to be able to, you know, um, if I need to get my final essay done, I can like spend a whole weekday doing that and catch up on work later. So yeah, just having the flexibility and being able to like go grocery shopping in the middle of the day if I need to, it's just been really nice to kind of just create my own schedule however I want. That's so amazing. And your travel photography Instagram is absolutely beautiful. I'm curious, what is your favorite place that you've ever been? So Denmark definitely holds a special place in my heart. That's actually where my husband and I met. Um, We were both studying abroad there. And then I went back again for a month for a different class. And then almost two years ago, uh, my husband and I went to the Faroe Islands, which are just amazing. I would definitely go back there in a heartbeat. I went to Iceland probably about a year before it like really got super popular and overrun with tourists. And I think that's what's going to happen to the Faroe Islands because it's just like really untouched and like amazing landscapes and things like that. So if anyone is interested in going there, I would definitely go there before it gets too popular. That sounds so fun. And I love that you're able to work from anywhere. Do you end up working on vacation? So it depends on like what I'm doing. Like if it's a strict vacation, I won't work. Like I just got married um, last August. So I did not work on my honeymoon at all. But if it's like a longer thing, like when I was spending time with my family, you know, I'll, I'll work if it's for like a while that I'm, I'm there. But for like strict vacations, I try not to do any work. Interesting. And you have all of your pricing on your website, which I love. And you had talked about this Mm -hmm. earlier when you were talking about one of your clients. What do you recommend in terms of people being transparent about pricing and having pricing on their website? Yeah, I think it it kind of varies depending on the industry. Um, I personally do it because there are a lot of like really scammy SEO companies that charge you like $10,000 a month. Um, So I really try to be upfront about every aspect of my business. So people, you know, will really trust me and be comfortable with like, you know, paying me because they know I'm going to do the work that I promise I'm going to do. 
So, and then also people who think that SEO can be really, really expensive. Um, you know, I show them that, you know, they can actually afford to work with me. And I do have like a couple, you know, different packages and things like that. So that way, you know, people who maybe can't afford a full optimization, they might be able to just, you know, get my ebook or one of my like SEO masterclasses and kind of work off of that. Um, for the wedding industry, I think it's really helpful to have your prices because a lot of times, you know, like I was planning my own wedding not too long ago and like you would find, you know, maybe two photographers that you both, you know, you really like both of them, but you know, maybe one has the pricing on their website. You can see that, you know, you can afford them. So you will reach out to them. The other one might not have pricing on your website. So it, it takes a lot of time for both you and the other person to like reach out, figure out if, you know, you have to wait for their reply to see if you can afford their prices, if they're available, things like that. So just knowing upfront, if you're able to afford someone's services can really help them, you know, know if they're able to afford you or if, you know, they need to wait a few months and save up some money to be able to afford your services. But I mean, there are some industries where like you do create completely custom packages or, you know, maybe it's a, a monthly thing where it might change every month. So you might not need to put the exact price, but maybe having like a starting point or even a range of what clients pay you can be helpful. I think it's just helpful. Like it, people don't have to come to me and ask me about my price and then say that they can't afford me. So I don't have to like have my inbox filled with like all these people who can't afford to work with me. They know immediately whether or not they can or not. I think that that's such good advice. And I know personally, one of my biggest pet peeves is when I'm on a website trying to fish for pricing and I can't find it. I honestly end up leaving. Yeah. And I'm sure that that's, you know, the experience with a lot of people. I'm also curious how you mentioned when you're talking about Google Analytics that this will tell you, you know, the age range of people coming. So when people want to make sure they're positioning their business, whether it be their website or Pinterest, how can they make sure they're doing that to target their specific audience? Yeah, I would say just make sure you're creating content or using language that your ideal clients would. Um, one tip that I have, like if you have absolutely no idea where to get started with keyword research is just to ask people that maybe you want to work with or people who follow you, um, what kind of language they would use to either like describe your services or what they would like search to find your website. Cause that can be a really good indication of like, you know, what kind of language people use. For example, I was working with a copywriter recently and she was trying to copy or target phrases related to like copywriter for social enterprises. And she wasn't getting any traction with that. And then um, once she actually asked the types of businesses that she wanted to work with, the type of language that they use, she realized they don't even call themselves social enterprises. They had like all these different, you know, types of phrases that they would use from like, you know, service focused businesses or like impact businesses, things like that. Um, so really just like hearing from people themselves, like, you know, what they would search for or what kind of language they, they use would be really helpful. Yeah. It can be kind of hard to like, use language. Like if you only work with female entrepreneurs, it can be hard to kind of like find phrases that, you know, only women are searching for, like men are obviously searching for SEO tips, but when they come to my website, you know, even if they're interested in what my, you know, blog post has to say, and it can help them with their business, they can definitely get the vibe that, you know, my business is definitely focused on more females 
all my tes- testimonials are focused on, you know, or come from women. So even if like you are like getting people on your site who maybe aren't your ideal clients, they probably aren't returning to your site once they realize, you know, who you are and who you serve. So I wouldn't be too concerned with like finding, you know, like phrases that only women use or things like that, but really be focused on like who is asking for your services and who wants to hire you. Because if you only serve women and all of a sudden all these men are coming to your site and wanting to hire you, there might be a disconnect with like, you know, who you say that you serve on your website and, you know, how your website is laid out and things like that. That's super, super helpful. And you have so much that you've learned, and I know that you have a lot of resources on your website, which we're going to get to in a second, but what have been some of your favorite resources, whether that be books or podcasts or learning platforms that you've used to grow as an entrepreneur, a professional, and in your business? Yeah, so I got, I'm really late to the book game. (laughs) I actually just started reading like business books in like January of this year. Um, So I haven't read too many. I've, you know, really enjoyed, I think you guys actually read Atomic Habits for a book club. Yes, we love that book. Yeah. Yeah, I just read that I think in March. And yeah, that was really eye opening. (laughs) Uh, So I really enjoyed that one. Um, I just read, uh, make sure I get this right. The Most Powerful Woman in the Room is You by Lydia. I think it's Finney. That one was really good. Um, really helpful for like both business and personal lives and just like, you know, really good for personal development. For podcasts, I probably listened to like 30 business podcasts. I listened to probably way too many. But one that has been really helpful for, I'll say like the coronavirus things and like trying to pivot as a business with everything that's been going on. It's the foot traffic podcast with Stacey Tushel. She was actually started podcasting about recession proofing back in February before we even knew everything that was going to happen. So like she was already, you know, she didn't know this was going to happen, but already had things in place for recession proofing and tips for businesses. So she's had a lot of really great information. If you're trying to figure out like, what the heck to do with your business. If you um, have a brick and mortar business and you're trying to go online, she has some really helpful podcasts. I can like list out all 30 podcasts if you guys are interested. Um, Another one that since my, um, the people that I work with are creatives, the modern creative podcast has been really helpful um, for both myself and also for the clients that I work with. So those are, yeah, books and podcasts have become my like kind of top business resources lately. If anyone wants to know what other podcasts I have, feel free to email me. (laughs) I love that. And speaking of, where can everybody find you? And I know that you offer some free resources on your website as well. So we'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. So you can find me. I'm on Instagram at Julia Renee Consulting. Um, Also on LinkedIn at Julia Bocchese. Um, and then for, I have some freebies on my website. I also have tons and tons of blog posts for SEO and Pinterest, but my freebies, if you go to Julia Renee consulting slash freebie or Julia Renee consulting slash Pinterest dash freebie, you can find freebies for both SEO and Pinterest. Both of them are cheat sheets to help you get set up with, um, SEO and Pinterest in like very easy basic strategies. 
I also have some products on my site. I have like an SEO ebook and some masterclasses and things like that. Yeah. So she really has everything from someone who wants to dip their toe into someone who's the DIYer, wants to do it themselves, learn all the information, and someone who I feel like is a lot like me and just wants someone else to handle it. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Julia, for joining us. We truly, truly appreciate it. And we're going to be chatting more in our business boot camp, which I'm really excited for. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm excited for the boot camp. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us today for the Flourish We Grow Together podcast. Your support means the absolute world to us. We have so many amazing five-star reviews, and we are so thankful for your support. Truly means so much to us. That's how it helps us to grow the podcast and share this with anybody. So if you found it helpful in any way, you are so welcome to, and we would so appreciate it if you subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. And if you do, please make sure that you include in there a note about your Instagram handle or however we can get in touch with you because every single episode we announce in the show notes and on Instagram a winner of a free month at Flourish so you can come co-work with us and even if you're not in the area, you'll also receive access to all of our different programs that we've done, the social media management workshop and the money management workshop and of course our business boot camp so tons and tons of value as a thank you a token of our appreciation for all of your support feel free to share on social that will be an awesome way to get the word out about the we grow together podcast you can tag us at flourish westchester you can tag me at laura md francesco and you can find me at Sweet Green Soul. And me at Casey Flu. Thanks, everybody. Have an amazing day. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Dean Street Law is our sister company. I'm Laura Francesco, founder and CEO of Dean Street Law. It's a corporate law firm that helps you with everything corporate law and has tons of free resources and guides on our website that you can find everything from protecting your company from liability, forming a startup and the different types of entities all the way to intellectual property and social media. So if you'd like some free information on the legal aspects of your business, head over to deanstreetlaw.com and you can also find us on Instagram at Dean Street Law. We provide a lot of free information and always feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions. Thank you everybody for joining us this week. Thanks.